A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. recap with Mr. Todd Whitestone. We get into, you know, player trend, play movement that's going on in the NFC main event world. Uh, again, I think this is a good trickle-down effect for any type of league that you play in. So whether or not you play in the main event, kind of get a good understanding of what some of the sharpest players in the world are looking at when they are picking up um, players for the upcoming week or for the future or for the rest of season. Um, again, just to be reminded that the NFC format, you can set your batting lineup Monday through Thursday and then Friday through Sunday. And the pitchers, you can only set once for Monday through Sunday. So a lot of the pickups sometimes are targeted for, you know, little spurts of the week rather than the full week. So um, just keep that in mind. And also that there are no zero dollar bids um has to be a dollar but again um even if you don't play in the main event i think this is the wonderful barometer to see um the player views on players out there pitchers batters and what kind of effect they can have on your team so again i get into it with todd whitestone who writes for spstreamer.com definitely head to spstreamer.com check out the articles are free to read, and you can also join the Discord family, which is 15 bucks for the year. We have over 200 people in there, and it's really awesome. Michael Simeone, the SP streamer, has built um, a wonderful, wonderful little, you know, group of uh, fantasy baseball enthusiasts, just like all of us, and um, it's pretty cool. Everyone's interacting in there, asking each other questions. We have multiple channels for... Um, dynasty and um, redraft and fabbing and whatever um, a whole bunch of stuff there so definitely check that out if you can again it's only 15 bucks for the whole year pretty great awesome deal uh, and uh, yeah you can head over there and check out the free articles as well like I mentioned before um, so I hope everyone's team has gotten off to a great start um, obviously it, it is a long season and you can grind away. Um, there's nothing wrong with getting off to a good start though. So, um, for those of you who don't check your standings too much or check them every 16 minutes like I do, um, you know, <laughs> it's in it for all of us. I think it's, uh, obviously you're not looking at it because you think something's going to change miraculously, but it's just to be conscious of where you are in certain categories and, um, I feel like, especially too, if you have a lot of leagues, to be constantly checking up on it. It's just to, you know, you're not going to um, let stuff slip by you the more you just take a quick glance at it. So um, definitely something that you should consider. Um, I know a lot of people tend to, you know, really not look at things. And that's fine, too, because obviously there won't be... Um, it's not the tell-all right now that where you are understanding is where you're going to be at the end 
of the season, but um, with 10% of the league of the season down, um, you know, plenty more to go, but still good to get up on the standings and check out the, you know, what your other league mates are doing, what they're doing in fab, um, or if you're in a league with trading, you know, um, you definitely don't want to fall behind too much um, with the league setting and the league uh, scope of the league, you know, so uh, make sure you do your due diligence. If you're in Keeper Leagues or in Dynasty League, you know, make sure you're looking far ahead. Make sure you have a constant. Um, so what I like to do in my Keeper Leagues, I like to keep a constant role of who is. Uh, so my home league, there's 10 keepers per team. So I'm constantly keeping an updated list of the 10 guys that I would keep if I owned each team. And so whenever I feel like a player is slipping in and out of that top 10, or maybe if an owner has um, more than 10, like 15 or 16 possible good keepers, I'm, I'm trying to pounce on something like that. So, and with, with a desired approach to the other owner, like, Hey, you know, you're not going to be able to keep all these guys. So, you know, would you be able, or would you be willing to swing a deal? And, you know, so make sure you work, your magic with your words too, right? The way you approach other owners um, on trades is pretty much the whole key. Like, don't just send an offer on the computer and then that's it. Because when it sits there or it just gets a reject, you're probably going to wonder why there's been no dialogue. But you have to, um, you know, start that dialogue. Start, start by, you know, selling yourself, selling the trade to the other owner and how it's going to help his team now and how it's going to help his team in the future because you have to become part salesman there. You know, you have to be, you have to draw the other owner into a deal that he's going to be willing to do by setting it up for success for him or her um, because sometimes, um, you know, they may not want to make a deal so if you are looking to make that deal with this owner you know make sure you try to influence that and not just send an offer and just keep sending offers so um just a little tidbit there for trading and yeah just never stop looking at what the other owners have in your league because if you feel like you could pounce on deals you know that's how you stay on it you got to stay sharp make sure you're paying attention to all the league movement you know owner tendencies, all that, all that fun stuff, so, um, yeah, with that being said, um, hope everyone, you know, just checking out all the wonderful analysts that we have out there in the baseball, fantasy baseball realm right now, it's a lot of, a lot of people just doing, doing their thing, you know, and really hustling, putting out content daily, um, whether it be through tweeting or articles, um, podcasting, it's wonderful out there, and, um, you know, make sure you are checking up on your StatCast leaderboards or your FanGraph leaderboards. You know, um, whenever you have the time to sit down, um, trying to develop an efficient way to do it now. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm all scrambled and you're looking at 17 different things at once. Um, so even myself trying to rein in how efficient I am with pouring over either daily box scores or leaderboards and stuff like that. Um, if anybody has not checked out the new game feed on StatCast, it's pretty awesome. Um, the show, pretty much everything you could want StatCast-wise, I really wish they would just add like stolen bases and saves and wins though into that box score because I feel like I still have to look at two different box scores. That's kind of annoying that they don't just have a simple who won the game, who lost, and who saved it, um, or even stolen bases. But um, so in that respect, it's a little annoying. But um, for everything else, for you know, deep metrics wise, 
there, you know, there's a ton of stuff to find there daily in the games. Um, it's not like waking up back in the day and used to flip open the daily news and just look at, you know, three for four and two runs and, you know, there's more to it now. So the more you can gain an edge daily, I feel like the more, um, the less you have to do as a whole, um, if you just sit down and check out uh, stats one day, um, the more you can, um, consume daily, I think it keeps it fresh in your mind as to who's running hot and who's running cold and players that you want to, you know, keep running tab on. So, um, yeah. All right, cool. Let's get into this episode. Again, thanks for listening. If you haven't left a rating or review and you want to do so, that would be awesome. That would really help out the show, really help out myself and getting the word out about the podcast. And um, if there's anything that you feel like you want to hear on the podcast or any kind of show ideas, uh, you know, just hit me up on Twitter on DM at Deadpool Hitter. Uh, more than willing to talk to you about your fantasy teams as well. And also, you know, talk about any ideas you think that might be good for the listeners to kind of hear going forward. So, um, yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy. All righty, folks. Welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast. My name is Rob Pietro, the Poe Hitter. We are here today with Mr. Todd Whitestone again. We are going to break down the FAB recap for the main event on um, FAB period ending April 18th. Todd. Thanks for joining me once again. How are you today? Okay, Rob. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Um, good. You know, it's a crazy day today. With um, It was like kind of reminded me of a Monday with some lineup. You know, you got to, I had to pay deep attention to the lineup. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I think we were just discussing, you know, Stockis comes back off and ready to play and then they get him back off the field. And uh, just, you know, wild whirlwind, just another day in the life of a, a fantasy baseball player in, right. in, uh, in COVID times. But, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, other than that, though, you know, extremely grateful to just be watching baseball. It was, it was just like an awesome week of baseball. The Dodger Padre series was off the hook and sure. Rod- Rodon throwing the no hitter was yep. amazing. Um, you know, so just just glad to be able to sit back at night and you know have nice cold brew and watch watch some baseball you know yeah it's great and my my son is excited he lives out in seattle the mariners are 11 and 7 i think even though they lost today so even uh, some of the lower teams are not doing too bad right right i mean they are you know um scrappy young team um they got some guys that are coming off the il um and and lewis and maybe up from the minors that can give them an even an additional boost um you know because you have guys like dylan moore just hitting like 120 and he's still in the lineup um i think he's gonna be in danger uh coming up very soon of of his playing time um but uh yeah absolutely um got the uh a lot of a lot of teams right now that are coming out of the gate, uh, you know, hungry. Some teams are just flat. You could tell, but um, you know, waiting for the weather to warm up and you know, uh, us to start talking. To, before we know it, Todd will be we'll be talking about playoffs. You know, <laughs> that's how quick it happens. You know. All right. Well, we're we're ten percent in. That was the title of my article. That's uh, it. Doesn't even seem like we're that far in, but. It is 10% of the season that has passed according to, according to the number of days, which is what I go by. That's the easiest way, I think. 
Um, right. So there's a there are 186 days of baseball, right? In the regular right. season. So that's how right. you're going by it. So 18 days of pass, so 10% of the season. Um, yeah. So um, like you mentioned, your article that's on spstreamer.com, when which you do the fab breakdown for the main event. Um, yeah, I like that intro. It was a nice uh the 10%. Pollution is the title of the article. Um, right. Yeah. So, so tell me what you found in your digging this week. Um, I know the one thing that, you know, caught my eye was the, the average uh, money per team uh, spent. Um, like we discussed last week, it was like $55,000 and, right. and fab spent on the four, four and the four eleven fab. And then this week it went down 12,000, almost 12,000 to 43, 847 so went yeah. from 87 a team to 86 to 68 a team yeah. and so how did how did that affect the bids overall what was the biggest thing that the money that you know the less money um affected yeah there were there were fewer big bids i mean i think it was partly due to the the players that were available but i think it's partly due to the fact that some of the big spenders had already shot out a 200 or 300 bid already and they were reluctant to do it again. Um, right. So when you look at a player like Rafael Dolis, who's maybe going to close in Toronto, he his highest winning bid was 179. That was lower than the highest winning bids of the previous two weeks. And uh, I think it's going to be less and less frequent that you see a winning bid over 200, um, you know, depending on if it's a really hot rookie or a really solid closer candidate, maybe you're going to get it, but it's going to be much more rare. I think that people go that high um, just because uh, if you figure out the averages, which is what you were alluding to um, the average main event team has two, uh, $760 left about. So, you know, that's still a lot, but you know, if you bid another 200, then all of a sudden you're down to about half. So, I think people are trying to sort of pull back a little bit and 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 keep their bids uh, healthy for later. Right, right. That totally makes sense. Um, yeah. So, how did you come to that figure with um, about seven hundred and sixty dollars left for each team? So, I divided the total amount spent over those three weeks—the fourth, the eleventh, and the eighteenth of April—by uh, six hundred and forty-five teams. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get 240 per team about. And uh, I do note that there, I'll try to do this for next week, but there was a limited fab run on the 28th of March. Right. There was some additional spending. I don't think it was so huge that it throws the numbers out of whack. But so if you want right. to estimate, maybe it's 260 or 250 instead of 240. But the mid 700s, I think, is where most of the fab budgets lie right now. Right. And, uh, and that's the average. You know, there's some people that are down at 400. There's some people that have hardly spent anything. Um, but right. uh, that, that's how I arrived at the number. Right. And so the so the bigger bids were down overall. The the winning successful bid that were over 100 and over 200 were down from the previous weeks. Right. Pretty drastically. Yes. Yes, they were down. And one thing to mention, which people that that don't play at NFPC may not know is that, um, you know, there's no $0 bids in the NFPC. Right. So uh, if there were, I think people would be more likely to spend more money because they can at least get a player, some player at zero. 
but right now you can't you can't do that. You you need at least a dollar, even if it's September fifteenth, you know, to get a player. And uh, so you don't want to go down to you know zero uh, at any time. But certainly you don't want to get really low middle of the season. Right. Right. Um, so there was uh, eighty. We had eighty-one winning bids at yes. at a hundred dollars, yes. um, and it's crazy because some of the ones at the bottom of the list, you know, really caught my eye, like Blake Trinan and Jesse Hahn, you know, and Paven yeah. Smith, and it was just uh, a couple of those were <laughs> some head scratchers for sure. Um, yeah, I don't understand the Jesse Hahn bid for a hundred. Um, you know, that's a little crazy. I mean, Andrew Vaughn, I like. I've got him rostered several places, but. I don't know if you need to spend 119 for him at this point. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few that you think, well, gee, I wouldn't have Jose Trevino, right. 105, you know, that's, I, you know, maybe those are teams that had spent almost no fab to date. So maybe they were more willing to spend. I don't know, but um, it does seem like you could have got them for less and saved your resources. Right. Right. So, you had your um, wow bit of the week. Um, right. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone who that was? <laughs> yeah, so I, I introduced a new feature, the wow bit of the week for the highest bid, successful bid, of course. Um, but this one is, goes to Kendall Graveman. There was a $333 bid for uh, Graveman. There were, he was only available in eight men event leagues, even though uh, I think he was kind of a secondary bid, Rob, uh, last the previous week. You know, uh, there was no real indication that he was going to get saves a, a week and two days ago. But uh, all the main event leagues, except for eight, and there are uh, four, uh, 43 uh, leagues, um, so 35 leagues that he was picked up. But there, there were eight warriors left, and one of them, there was a bid of 333. And uh, you could say that the owner was smart because the second place bid in that case was 231. So it wasn't. It wasn't like the uh, opposition was was zero, right? Yeah, right. he had a yeah, he had a healthy runner-up average. Yes, for this week, his his average winning bid was two or five, and the average runner-up bid was one sixty. So it was it was yes. close. Like you mentioned, every single league that he was available in was some pretty close bidding, one fifty nine to one fifty four, right. um, one twenty two to one twelve. So yeah, the, yes. it was. And and it's interesting how he's being used. You know, yesterday he was used um, for one and two thirds. You know, he came in and faced the heart of the lineup in the seventh and went into the eighth before Montero came in to get the save. So um, mm -hmm. it still seems like he's facing the type of the order that you would consider, you know, the highest leverage. So um, interesting because, uh, yeah, I, I, I have him on four of my DC teams out of my five. So I'm okay. just happy. I'm just happy to throw him in there <laughs> and get sure. some saves if I can, you know, it's sure. exactly what I was expecting for, including my first DC that was in November. I took uh -huh. him in the, I took him in the 48th round wow. um, after wow. reading a local article that they were going to resign him for a million bucks. And then it got me digging into his, his uh, split uh -huh. Um, and I didn't know that he went into the bullpen, like, and really, you know, I knew he went to the bullpen, but I didn't know if he really, you know, um, how high he was touching on the gun and what he was doing in the pen last year. So, um, right. I was high on him coming into the season, but then I didn't get enough of him, um, during the main event, main event seasons. So, um, but 
Um, I am rooting for him still, though, for sure. Good, good, good. <laughs> I need that karma because I did, did get him in a few leagues the uh, week before at relatively right. low prices. So I'm hoping that he does work out and seems good so far. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about the guy who was one in the most leagues, uh, 42 leagues, Rafael Dolis, um, yes. with the news, uh, you know, Merriweather went down, Romano went down. Um, so Romano looks like they're saying that even with the old neuritis, he's coming back um, with the minimum stay and he'll be back on the 25th. Um, still obviously sound, it sounds a, a lot um, worse than what I guess he's going to be able to come back in. Um but um, so Dolis comes into effect now. Everyone's chasing the, I mean, how much capital has been spent on the Blue Jays this year's closer, right? <laughs> Yates was drafted in what, the 10th round? Yes. Um, eighth, 10th yes. round. And then, and then the $500 bids on Merriweather. And then guys who picking up um, Romano yeah. after he yeah. was dropped because yeah. Merriweather was, it's just been. And now Dolis. Oh, yeah, so, and now yeah, Dolis. Who, who, again, like, you know, I think, you know, just a lot of people have mentioned it on Twitter and on podcasts. It's like, you know, they still came out and said, even when Yates was injured, that it would be, um, you know, the best guy, the best moment, you know, going with the best matchups and us fantasy players don't seem to agree that that's what's going to happen because these guys still are going for yeah, exactly. um, healthy exactly. amounts, you know? Yeah, um, I don't know if, if, if Merriweather came back from his injury and Romano and Dolis were all there. I'm not sure one guy would get, you know, 80% of the saves. I, I just, so I'm not sure one guy is going to get it now, you know, even I, now, I, I don't know that Dolis. Yeah, exactly. Even with the other two guys out, I, you know, look, it, you got to take your best shot. And I think some people are doing that. And if you can get them for cheap, right? I think that's probably fine. I think, uh, you know, I'd advocate that he's not that valuable commodity. I don't know if you've ever watched him pitch, but he really, uh, he takes yeah, a long time between pitches. He, he throws a lot of balls, you know, and you know, usually he can get out of a jam, but it's it's not a pretty thing to watch. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I know that stop in motion is, is is kind of he does that pause thing um, on his back leg and then he goes forth. I don't know. It's definitely pretty. It's pretty odd. Um, you know, yeah. I don't know. I have this weird like feeling that like Tanner Roark is just going to become the <laughs> the next closer. Chatwood is coming back soon as well. He's been out, so um, <laughs> you know, interesting to see what's going to play out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, his his average winning bid was eighty eight. The backup, the average runner up was sixty. It was close throughout. He had a lot of bids in the eighties and seventies and the high sixties mm -hmm. that were all competitive bids. Um, yeah. His lowest winning bid was twenty eight bucks, and uh, it's kind of the range I had him in. I think um, actually I had him up to like uh, fifty four. I think just to take a shot. Um, mm -hmm. Even if I got a couple of saves, I backed him up with Tyler Rogers, who I ended up getting for twenty bucks. Um, just okay. you know, trying to steal a save or two this week if if McGee takes longer than usual to come back from the vaccine reaction or um, you know. Um, yeah, trying to steal a save, and I sure. thought I had one yesterday, and Peralta came out, and I was like, oh, this is fantasy <laughs> baseball at its best, but, uh, yeah, sure. you know, so we'll go with the next guy um, on the list, um, been on a 35 leagues, is Adalos Garcia of the Texas Rangers, 
Um, he went for as high as 107 um, and he went for as low as $1 in um, a league. So, um, and this was one of those where he had two winning bids um, over a hundred, but then every uh, other winning bid was $57 and down. And with really not a lot of um, competition in the backup right. um, and the runner up bid. So um yeah, he, he he had an average winning bid of 24 and an average back seven. Um, what do you think happened with Garcia? He's a 28-year-old, you know, guy who comes up um and he's you know, he's hitting pretty well. Um, do you think this is just a simple case of you know coming over from Cuba and just getting used to the American ball and then maybe like this is his time, or do you think that he's just on like a little bit of a heater right now and he's gonna fade off? I would go with the latter myself. I didn't bid aggressively for him. Uh, I think he's he's batted 241 for his career. Uh, it's been a short career, but still, I don't think he's a high average guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he has hit a homer or two. Um, and if he gets regular playing time, look, that's worth something, of course. Uh, right. Because, uh, look, in a 15-team league like the main event, if you get an outfielder that's playing regularly, that's worth something. But um, so again, I, I fall on the side of the people that got him for low winning bids, I think perfectly fine. Uh, you play him, he could give you a few weeks of value. And uh, I'm not so so supportive of the high bids, but look, I could be proven wrong. He's, he's somewhat of an unknown commodity. Maybe he puts it together and gives you a full season this year. Yeah, I, I think I heard Scott Jenstad mention on the podcast, on the Road to Y podcast with Jeff Erickson saying that he, he had a hard time finding um, full-time outfielders this this week on the wire. So yeah. I, I I think that's what it is. He kind of nailed it on the head there, Todd, just by mentioning that, you know, he's going to be in there. He's playing. It looks like Tavares is, you know, uh, not shown um, that he could deal with some major league pitching. I think he'll be in AAA um, as soon as that opens up. So, yeah, he, he he might just run with this job and the volume right now, like you said, in the, in the main event league is 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 pretty is pretty crucial. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's the big um, drive behind his bid. And then you have his teammate, Willie Calhoun, coming off the DL. Um, everybody's waiting for Willie Calhoun, you know, that that moment um, he went in 34 leagues as high as 159. Um, average winning bid 70 and average backup bid 42. So some competitive bids here um, for Mr. Willie Calhoun. I personally did not get involved in bidding for him. Um, I don't know. I just want to see it first. Uh, (laughs) I I know I'm going to be late because everyone bid on him already, but uh, I'm just not, you know. That's probably the safe route. I think I did add him in one league. I'm not sure if it was a 12 or 15, but uh, look, he's always shown he can hit. He's always been injured or some other problem has cropped up. Uh, you know, he, does, he can't play defense, so he's got to really be a DH. Um, so there's a lot of blocks to his playing time, but I, he's got potential. I mean, and maybe, maybe he can uh, provide that for the owners that picked him up. Um, it's just tantalizing because certainly he's always shown good bat-to-ball skills. Right. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, you know, he gets in his own way, I think, a little bit. Yeah, um, he said, I don't think he's even reached, uh, I think he has about 600 plate appearances, and I feel like he's been around for so long. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's not really that old, though. I forget how old, but he's not really that old of a guy. 
No, he's not. Um, let me check that real quick. He's 26. 26, yeah. 26 so years he's... old, and he has, yeah, he has um, 600 plate appearances exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, interesting to see what he could do this season. Um, let's see, who do we have next? We have Mr. Josh Fleming, also won in 34 leagues. Um, I think he was drafted pretty heavily, dropped, and then picked up again once. I think he was like a surprising um, um, send to the alternate camp. Um, so, Rescooped back up, uh, not for a lot of money. He wasn't a super high bid on guy, um, but well enough to have a $23 um, winning bid average and $10 runner-up uh, average. Um, he went for as high as 53 and as low as three. Um, how do you like Josh Fleming? Do you prefer him like coming in second or do you think uh, like after the opener or do you feel like he's well-equipped to take the ball and go five and get you a possible win as a starter? Well, I think it'd be great if he was the follower. He'd have much more of a chance for a win, but I think Tampa doesn't like him going through with the third time through the order, you know? So I think uh, five innings is about his max, which is luckily for those of us that picked him up. I got him in one league. I think um, he did qualify for the win on uh, Monday. He got five innings exactly. And uh, I think with the two starts, he's worth the gamble, was worth the gamble. Uh, but I don't think in a normal week, if he was just had one start, even if against a middle level team, you'd really want to be, uh, you know, putting him out there unless you were desperate. Um, yeah, I, th I think he, he'd be much more attractive if he was following an opener, which I don't think Tampa has really done that much, actually, you know, so far this year. I don't think they've really had the one or two inning guy out there at the beginning of the game. Do you remember that? I don't. They know. had it recently versus the Yankees when Yarbrough came in. Um, Kittridge pitched an inning in two thirds yeah. and Yarbrough yeah. came in for five and got the win, which I don't mind because I have Yarbrough and I had him in yeah. for that two start. And once I... I heard he was going to be the follower. I'm like, okay, well, it's better than him not pitching. Sure. Um, ended up getting the win for that. So, uh, sure. didn't. But they, they haven't done it as much as I feel like it, as they did it in 2018 and 19. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll start using it more, more that way. But anyway, Fleming, yeah, I think uh, in his normal capacity, I don't think he's a big, attractive uh, commodity for fantasy owners. Right. Right. Um, let's move on to Michael Fulmer. So started off in the bullpen, worked his way up into a starter. I think um, guys were pegging on a little two start possibly this week, but um, today's start got postponed until tomorrow because of right. snow. Um, right. But got to like what you see from Fulmer. You know, he's, he's, he's still um, not too very far away from, you know, working his way back from injury. Um, but yep. You see the usage difference from, you know, um, two pitches that he's been throwing a lot more. The slider is throwing 12% more and the changeup 8% more. Um, and then you see the velo difference, you know, the 2.2 2 mile per hour on the sinker, 2.2 on the four seam, all the board, the slider, the curveball. Um, everything is showing a, a velo bump. And it's just it's pretty cool to see. Fulmer, at least, you know, throwing the ball like, you know, he close to how he was when he first came in the league. And, and that's when he was, you know, his most effective. So 
Do you think that this pickup, do you think he's going to be able to stay in the rotation and, or do you think it's something that they're going to, you know, um, put him back in the pen at some point or you think it's the full go for him in the, in the rotation? I I do. I think he'll be in the rotation barring lack of performance, Rob, Um, you know, and the velocity increase is attractive. You know, I think that shows he's, he, he's ready to go. Maybe he can't pitch long innings right now, um, but I think he's uh, he's going to be good. Uh, the team context still isn't outstanding in Detroit, um, but uh, I, I don't think they have so many guys knocking on the door to be starters that if he's really performing, they're going to take him out of the, of the rotation. So right. I think that's good. And he, look, a few years ago, I, I personally was big on him, and I think a lot of people were. He has talent, so uh, it's, I think it's a good gamble to make. To, to be honest, right? Yeah, no, I liked it. I um, I didn't bid enough, um, but he, yeah. he he again, he was like one of those competitive bids this week. Um, his average winning bid was forty nine. His average backup was thirty, so it was pretty um, pretty competitive for him. He went as high as one hundred six and as low as seven. Um, so yeah, th- um, um, I'm rooting for Fulmer. I hope he he stays in there and he he keeps um he keeps on attacking like he's been this year. Um, I want to move on to Mr. Josh Harrison of the Washington Nationals. So scooped up in 26 leagues um, for a max of um, 87 bucks, um, and as he went, he was one for as cheap as one. Uh, again, not not a super high bid um, across the board, but you know, he comes back from the IL, he's scorching hot, um, second, third, I think, you know, and maybe he gains outfield, you know, so sure. you're getting some multi-eligibility there. Uh, I think he was batting fifth in most of the games. So this is a pretty interesting look, um, you know, Josh Harrison, he's just keeps hanging on, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, he's been, uh, he's sort of a professional hitter. I don't think, you know, look, he was 10 for his first 18. I mean, that's, outrageous but um i think he's he's capable of giving you decent average stealing an occasional base and uh i think for people that were, were low on infielders i think he's a, a, an excellent pickup um and i look with soto now hitting the il i think he could even move up in the lineup more so um right. you know I, I think uh, it's a fine addition to a fantasy team especially in 15 teamers like the main event right Right. Absolutely. Especially, you know, with the multi-ability is huge, um, pretty decent offense around them. So, um, yeah. again, not, 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 not skills that'll knock you off your, off your feet, but, um, we're looking for, you know, volume and, uh, having the flexibility of multi-eligibility players playing every day is, is, is pretty key. So I think that's mm-hmm. definitely where most of his value came from in that bid. Um, Let's see who else do we have here. Mr. Renato Nunez. Uh, Miggy sure. hits hits the IL, um, comes in and you know, hitting the ball pretty well. I think we were surprised a little bit that he got sent down to the alternate camp too. But um, so you know, this is one of those guys where I think it's like you're like, okay, this would be a good stream play, and they got a great schedule right this week. Um, he's one of those like corner type um bats where I think it's like an awesome stream versus you know, great, great matchup. But then 
when those matchups do come and they perform well, it's like, well, do, you know, do I have to hold on to them for a little bit, right? You know, after that, it, it becomes more than a, a one-week stream. But a couple right. of his bids were for, you know, possible rest of season, you know, like 87 bucks, um, 43 yeah. bucks. The rest of them were pretty much uh, like one-week type of looks, it looks like. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to get some at-bats. He's going to be – he's going to get some run there in Detroit. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think it's a short-term thing with Cabrera coming back, but uh, stranger things have happened than a guy carving out a role or maybe if uh, he's DFA'd by Detroit when they don't need him, somebody else picks him up. So you never know. He's always shown good power. You know, he's always been a guy that can hit the ball over the fence. So um, I, again, I, I like the bids that were, you know, 35 and below. I think it's well worth it. Uh, not as much in favor of the ones that sort of indicate that they want to have them for the season. Right. Right. I absolutely agree with you. Um, but like I said, you know, some, he may be one of those bats where he just happens to hang on for your team. If he, you know, if he keep, if he keeps at it. Um, yep. uh, another guy who caught my eye was DJ Stewart. Um, yes. Just, Interesting because of, you know, how well he hit in certain spurts last year and the year before. And, you know, with the injury to Hayes, um, mm -hmm. he's going to get some run. The only, you know, I was afraid at first of, of this, this um, I think he's only got a short week this week, five games. And just going forward after that, I was looking at, well, you know, if Hayes comes back and Hayes got off to a great start too, so. Um, but now Santander rolled his ankle about 10 minutes ago and it doesn't look great. So um, maybe he'll get some run, um, Yeah, you know, now. So uh, what do you think about DJ Stewart? Yeah, I was a little uh, worried about the Hayes return too. And he, I think they just activated him today, in fact. Right. So if Santander was healthy, I think it'd be questionable what they were going to do with Stewart. Uh, but yeah, maybe he now can uh, – move into you know into the other outfield slot and uh, he'll be just fine he does right. have a good power uh he, the baltimore is a decent lineup you know so i think uh, it's a good ad and again you're looking for outfielders in uh, the main event it's really not that frequent uh, that they're out there on the free agent wire so it's always good to have uh, even an extra player you know, that is outfield eligible. If you have just five, you're always uh, at risk. So, right. um, so I think it's good to have that sixth. And if a team doesn't have a sixth, I, I certainly support the DJ Stewart uh, on the bench idea. Right. Absolutely. Um, totally makes sense. He's, he said he's, uh, he, he flashed some, some, some good power um, at, at moment so um maybe you can put that all together and get a good stretch of playing time and that's all we'll need um to take off um i wanted to turn my attention to three pitchers uh they were kind of like grouped together in my eye um david peterson michael walker and alex cobb um mm -hmm. so i was uh in on uh, walker and peterson um in one of my main event leagues uh and i ended up winning um peterson um uh -huh. Got, it was crazy to bid for Walker. I actually tried to get both. And the bid for Walker was like 55, 55, 54. So there was a tie. And then I had 54. I was like, wow, that was just a really, <laughs> really close bidding there. But yeah, um, really. 
Uh, so David Peterson went in 19 leagues as high as 187. Walker went in 14 leagues as high as 121. And Cobb went in 13 leagues for as high as 212. Um, which one of these pitchers do you like rest of season? Who do you think is going to have the better year going forward? That's a good question. I would say uh, I'd rank Waka third. Be- okay. Because I think it's because more of the injury factor with him. He always seems to have a real nice stretch, Rob. And then he comes up with some kind of ailment. And then he doesn't perform as well when he comes back. Right. So I think it's not his current performance that worries me, really. Um, so I put him third. Um, I think I'd go with Cobb just because he has that sort of new pitch that I, is intriguing. Now, I didn't get him anywhere myself. Um but uh, I think he's the one that could have the staying power. Uh, you know, he's had injury problems himself, but I don't think he's a guy I expect to get injured like Michael Walker. Um, and Peterson, I think, is a good, good ad, good solid ad. He's in a good park, and uh, I think he'd be fine. Um, I just don't think he maybe has the upside of Alex Cobb. So that'd be my, the way I'd rank him, but they're close. I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for putting them in a different order. Like, yeah, there, there was definitely um, – uh, it's hard because I, I feel like Walker, I think if you take away the injury, I'm kind of like more the most intrigued um, by Walker um, okay. Okay. out of all of them. Um, he just looks like uh, a completely – not a completely different pitcher. I mean, I watched him on the match last year. Um, there was a good article on fan graphs. Um, I forget who, I think Justin Choi wrote it and he was showing some of the different, um, differences in him this year. And one of them is that he's standing upright, uh, more when he lowers Uh down to dip to pitch, he, he's Uh not like crouching as much. He's more upright. And that's actually leading to a higher release point and that the release point is actually adding, um, drop, um, vertical drop to a couple of his pitches and um, some, even some better horizontal movement. So maybe it's, you know, something as little as that, that's going to make him truly, um, you know, as effective as maybe that he was back in the day, but um, I kind of like it. It's something in this, uh, in him and the Rays that just makes for like one of those perfect marriages right now, where I think that it could take off and be mm-hmm. as long. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to need him for innings too. So hopefully he can right. stay healthy right. and eat up some of that. Peterson. Yeah. I mean, as a Met fan, I definitely love Peterson. I think, you know, he's got that like uh, bulldog type mentality um that we all kind of love um to watch as we're watching a game and yeah you know he he's he's shown significant um skill skill increase even three games you know a short you know short sample but um i think that one bad start kind of you know skewed everyone's uh view on how he was doing this year without kind of looking under the hood a little bit um and Cobb, yeah Cobb, uh it's weird it's just like it's like he took that Bundy route and he went from Baltimore <laughs> to, to Anaheim. And, you know, he looks yeah. completely different. He, you know, the, he was, um, the bids for him were pretty, pretty competitive and pretty up there. I think he had five, what, five, five winning bids over a hundred bucks and three, three in the nineties. So um, everyone feels pretty strong that he's going to be, uh, you know, pretty clutch going forward. Right. Yeah. I think, one possible negative with Cobb is that, you know, the Angels are still 
going with a six man rotation. But, yes. Right. You know, I usually feel like that works itself out. That usually uh, one of the six gets hurt or really doesn't perform well. And they're, they're usually back down to five quicker than you uh, expect. So right. I don't think that's really a reason to shy away from Cobb. I think he'll get his uh, relatively regular starts and mm-hmm. be able to use him. Um, so one one reliever that I want to talk about here, you know, actually two of them, Crichton, Crichton was was released some leagues and picked back up, um, yeah. and for some healthy bids too, he was uh, picked up in four leagues uh, at, as high as one forty two, and it's funny because I picked him up last week yes. for about thirty bucks, and um, you know, halfway through the week, I was wondering, you know, if that was just a poor waste of money, but he ended up picking up a save. So, yep, yep. um, and I don't know, I'm just hoping that even though it's funny how, like, even sometimes when you don't even trust in their skill as much as others in that, in the same bullpen, but you, you're, you know, you're rostering that guy. <laughs> it's just, it's so weird, you know, the, how, how we have to play that closer game, but um, yeah. So it was pretty competitive bit on him and, Actually, another guy who I really like is Lucas Sims. He was picked up in eight leagues. The eight leagues he was available in for um, as high as 177. And um, no, uh, yeah, sorry, as high as 177. And his lowest winning bid was 83. So right. his average winning bid was a buck 20. And his backup was, uh, average backup was 70. So a lot of healthy bids in for um, Sims. Um, I kind of like this. I think that. Garrett is not, you know, pitching so well. And, right. um, and I think uh, a good point that Greg, Greg Hewitt or Hewitt um, from the athletic uh-huh. mentioned um, that back in the day when um, the Milwaukee Brewers had the same bullpen coach that they had three guys that had over 15 saves um, in that bullpen. So, with Hader, I think that was Hader's first year that he came up. So right. it might even work out to be something like that where Sims and Garrett and Doolittle each get a little bit. But right now, I kind of like the, the chance that Sims has to um, get a little bit of a you know grip on the job. What do you think about that situation there? I do. I kind of agree with you. I think he's the only right-hander out of those three. So I think that is in his favor. Right. And I think even if things stay as they roughly as they are and uh Garrett is the main guy I think he could get 30 percent of the saves anyway which is valuable um so yeah I do think he's worth it um and definitely if he's pitching well and he can sort of get a couple strikeouts and an occasional win you know that's worth something anyway so uh, I do like that ad and I think on Crichton um, I do think he's the odds-on favorite for saves in Arizona, as maybe that's not the most valuable uh, role in Major League Baseball. But uh, certainly, I think if they do get save opportunities, I would expect them to go to him. I don't think uh, Ginkle is really uh, set up for that right now. So, so I think you might get a few more saves out of that, but who knows what they'll do. I mean, Soria is coming back, and uh, you know, there's a few other guys kicking around that bullpen. Right. Oh, fun game to play. So I want, um, I wanted to go through some of the drops that you, some yeah. of that you mentioned in the article and some other guys. Um, I think we noticed that uh, a lot of more of the more interesting drops are, you know, 
not the guys that are so obvious, right? Like you mentioned in right. your articles right. or for the injuries. Um, so um, who's someone that stood out for you as uh, maybe a drop that you kind of uh, are surprised at or you might think is a mistake? Well, I'm not sure about a mistake necessarily, but I, I did notice a lot of the quote number two guys in the bullpen are being dropped. So uh, Lucas Sims, for example, who I think is the right now the number two guy in the Cincinnati bullpen, uh, was was aggressively sought after. But Anthony Bass, Jake Diekman, um, Adam Adovino um, were, were dropped, and they're I think the number two guys in their respective bullpens. So I could see w- one of those guys getting an occasional save, and then all of a sudden people are bidding a hundred dollars uh, for them again. Um, you know, you just, I just think it's going to be more revolving doors, Rob, for these bullpens. And it's not going to be, okay, this is our guy. We're just sticking with him, you know, for five months. Um, but anyway, right. that was, that was one interesting thing. The other thing, uh, I kind of like Victor Caratini, uh, the catcher for San Diego. I know Austin Nola is coming back. So people kind of expect that Nola is going to be the regular catcher and Caratini is not going to get uh, very many at bats, but I'm not so sure about that. I think he's going to get a split, um, and in a main event league where uh, where it's hard to roster two great catchers, you know, I think uh, he still can provide value. So right. that was that was the other one that I uh, looked at. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's it, you're definitely right. It's like some backup relievers get get bid on, and some get dropped. <laughs> Just, yeah, right. It's just a it's just a carousel of circuit um of relievers going around and around. Um, I I was a little um I was a little surprised at Frangie Cordero. I know he's mm-hmm. he's not really lighting the world on fire, but I right. felt like if 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 you drafted him yes. and they held on to him like this this late, I mean the the offense is clicking um and guy too doesn't he hasn't really played with any regularity in a while so i think that he's just starting to you know scrape the surface of his skill set and just getting into a rhythm in general um yeah yeah. i think he could provide value again he's a outfitter playing regularly and i think uh, he can hit for power he has a little bit of speed um i i i know he's not hitting you know uh, 450 or something but at least i think he He's somebody that you want to hang around. Now, we don't know who they picked up. Maybe they got a better outfielder. But uh, I still would say he'd be not high up on my list of uh, players to drop. Right. Another guy that I noted was Kyle Isbell. He was a pretty um, popular ad Mm -hmm. in the weekend, uh, Sunday, April 4th. just hit that tab for a quick second. He was scooped up in 28 leagues yes. uh, for as high as 191. Um, yeah. I think this was uh, a quick, you know, quick hot streak that is not going to pan out for the rest of the year. Um, right. 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 He just hasn't had that exposure past, you know, uh, what, high A or double yes. A. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I know that you mentioned the article that he had, they have played a lot of left-handed pitches. Right. Um, but I don't know. This just seems to me one that's, uh, you know, had, had the writing all over the wall at the moment. Yeah, I, 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 I 
picked them up myself, Rob, so I got to maybe admit uh, defeat on this. But um, I do say that he went through a cold streak at the wrong time. And then they, they hit a lot of left-handed pitchers uh, opposing them when and he's a left-handed batter. So they started saying to themselves, well, let's at least not play him against the lefties. And then, of course, he's playing re relatively sporadically. And I think it's hard to uh, get a rhythm when you're doing that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he's not that good as well. Uh, but I feel like if they gave him a, a week of solid playing time, he could he could do well and and contribute. But if they continue to not play him, uh, you know, more than three times a week, then I'm going certainly going to have to drop him and look for a replacement. Right. Absolutely. Um, another guy that I wanted to note is Elvis Andrews dropped in 10 leagues. I think it's mm -hmm. done. I think it's over for him. I spoke about this on my last podcast with Nate Graham. We did a little three up, three down, and he's one of the guys I mentioned as the three down. It just looks like this, the skills are waning. I know it's early and they can still stabilize, but right. um, I think it's the continuation of what we saw last year. And right, that, I agree with you. Yeah, I think his time is uh, – one guy I'm really surprised, two guys I'm surprised at, some surprise drops were – um, Wade Miley and Ajubo Cabrera. So I know a lot of guys wanted Wade Miley for the double start, but I don't know, Todd, but I, I, I know we're trying to keep bats around, you know, to, to, um, to combat the crazy, you know, COVID and the IL situations that we're running into and we want to be able to plug in bats, uh, you right. know, for our time period for our batting lineup. But I also want to make sure I'm, I got some, some good pitching and sure. I know Wade Miley isn't the best, but I think he's better than what you're going to be streaming all year. You know, I think yeah. he's had seasons where he's proved that and, you know, he's on a team that's scoring a ton of runs for him right now. So I'm just surprised uh, again, obviously I don't know the context of um, whose teams it was, but you know, I just seem like kind of guy that, you know, um, I think by like July and August, when you're looking on the wire for some starts, you're going to be like, man, I wish I never dropped Wade Miley. Right, <laughs> you right. know, I could be wrong about that. No, but I think I think that's a good point. I think he's a guy that he maybe not every matchup you want to pitch him, you know, like when he's home against a really top team, maybe that's not a good idea. Right. But, uh, but you know, for a lot of them, I think he's fine. And uh, if you don't have, you know, seven starting pitchers, at least that are better than him, you should be hanging on to him. So I, I, right. I kind of agree with him. He's a good, good, solid pitcher, veteran, knows what he's doing, unlikely to get uh, blown out of the water uh, against a weak team. Right. Absolutely. I feel the same way. One last guy I wanted to note before we get into some standing, main event standings, is Ajuba Cabrera, um, multi-eligibility, uh, again, dropped in eight main event leagues, um, I know everyone uh, picked him up for the Colorado, a couple of games at Colorado. But to me, I see more than um, I picked him up, but I didn't, you know, I didn't release him. I hung on to him. Uh, mm -hmm. I like the corner eligibility. Um, I see a 195 BABIP um, and everything else is still checking out, you know, the yep. barrels, the hard hit. Um, it, it still looks pretty good. He, he still looks like a really impressive hitter. So, uh, again, uh, obviously team context, returning batters, but um, he just seems to be a guy that, you know, um, that, you know, more more is coming, you know, from his, from his expected stats. So 
Um, I don't know. I I hung on to him, like I said, because I realized that yeah. he was, you know, I thought he was better than catching some streamers for next next two or three weeks. And like you said, you know, um, just trying to find that fine balance, right? Of of okay, look, try not to bid a lot of money every week um, unless you really need it. And I guess that's what he, you have to weigh: is how much of a how much of an uptick will you get from streaming a corner guy versus keeping a guy like. Alberta. Um, exactly. So at some point you got to sort of say, I made my bet. My bet is on a Drupal Cabrera. And if I keep churning guys at even at $35 a fab every week, you know, it's not, it's not going to be productive for me. So yeah, I think he's fine. I, I, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but he can give you an occasional steal and hit for a reasonably good average. I don't think there's any problem with, uh, having him and plugging him in when needed. Right. Absolutely. Carlos Rodon pitches 110 pitches today in five innings. Wow. Larus is really just throwing them out there. Yeah, really. Uh, I, 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 I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of that. I I'm, I don't think uh, Tony Larusa is is really helping this team. And, you know, look, Rodon, I don't know if you know his history, but I think yeah. he pitched at North Carolina State University when he was in college, that's many years ago, but supposedly they really abused him in college. Like he was fantastic. And uh, they had him throw 130 pitches or something yeah. in several starts. And they, I don't know if they were in the college world series or won it, but he pitched a long ways. And then he had terrible injury problems every year when he, he's been a pro. Yep. And now, you know, he pitches the no, no hitter, you know, he goes, a long ways for that and now they're pitching them over 100 again this is this is not recommended as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah i don't uh, uh yeah he's larusa is just uh, i don't know yeah <laughs> everyone questioned it when it happened and i think he's he's kind of showing uh you know that he maybe they should have went a different way um <laughs> but really hey, i don't know if you listen to the long angle podcast but Rob Silver had some great words to say about Tony Larusa. I suggest you head over to okay. after we're done recording. Check that out. Uh, I can only imagine. Can it was only. fascinating. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. So to round out this uh, podcast, Todd, let's talk about some league standings. Let's talk about sure. the overalls and we'll talk sure. about how good of a player John Posma is, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's just like you know. I think Tom. Tom from the NFBC had a great tweet, you know, just showing how he was uh, second and third in the in the um, online championship. Yeah. He was first and 16th in the main event. He's just a phenomenal player. He's, yeah, unbelievable. he's always been up there. You know, I, I don't know all the statistics, but he's always been up there in the in the contest that I've seen. And right now he's first and 16th in the main event. Uh, you know, so that's pretty impressive uh, on its own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you know, t- Tom uh, Kesnick and Greg Ambrosius once told me, you know, there must be something to the fact that it, this is not just based on luck because the same guys are at the top of most of the contests consistently. And John Posmo is one of those guys, you know, he's, he's always up there. He's always a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I would be relatively unsurprised if he, uh, was in the top five at the end of the season. Right. Um, then we have John Stadmuller, who is another excellent player. Uh, he's second. Uh, our, our friend Tyler Young is third. 
He uh, was, was the leader last week. Um, he's third and ninth, actually. So he's got two top 10 teams. Um, and then we've got Jeff Campbell and Chris Urim, uh, fourth and fifth. So it's a, it's a pretty solid group of players. And I also went through, if you people want to look at the article, and listed the leaders, the top three places in all the main event leagues. And then also uh, mentioned uh, the people that are, have at least one first place and then also uh, at least one other top three position. And if you take the top 15 fantasy owners that are in that situation, they count for 20 of the first place positions out of 43 leagues nine of the second place positions and nine of the third place positions. So that's 38 positions taken up by 15 people. Wow. 38 um, of 129. Yeah. So that's, wow. That's impressive. You know, yeah. and uh, sure the names are going to change a little, the positions are going to change a little, but um, some of these guys are really good. And I think that's, this is why uh, Rob, you and I play in the main event, not because uh, you know, we think, uh, we're going to we're going to necessarily just cruise in and, and do well but because these are some of the best players in the world you know and so if we hold ourselves uh in good standing with these guys you've done quite a job um so right. uh, I, I was impressed with that and uh look it's it's kind of interesting to see the names repeated and people can look at the article on spstreamer.com uh it's a free article and also uh, just look at the names that, that you see there. These are some of the, the best players that you'll find. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Definitely go head over to sbstreamer.com. Like Todd said, it's a free read. You'll get to see some of the stuff we talk about. And I love how you laid it out, the top three guys with the league number um, yes. in each league. And, you know, how you had the average first, second, and third place score. Right. Um, I think how you mentioned last week when you do your 80th percentile and you find, you know, those numbers are pretty much in the in the range of yep. what you're looking for. So um, in our yep. league, Todd, you're just yes. you're rising, Todd. You're uh, you're <laughs> yeah, rising my- up the chart. You're you're in fifth right now with 92 points um, chipping away at your hitting after you got off to um, pretty brutal start, start there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going for most improved, Rob. That was my, <laughs> my goal. Uh, you know, if you start at 14th, there's nowhere to go but up. So, uh, yeah, I'm in fifth. You're in, you're in the, I guess at this moment, you're in seventh. Yeah. You were, you were in sixth like three minutes ago. Um, but uh, long way to go. I think uh, we both have our work cut out for us if we're going to get into the top three. And, um, you know, there's some other good players uh, in here, but – my, my hitting is still lagging a bit, uh, especially compared to yours. Your hitting is really pretty solid. Yeah, but my pitching is just – the thing that hangs over my head, and I feel like it will the whole year, is drafting Cesar Valdez and then dropping him, like you said, in that short uh-huh. um, first fab period um, where, I don't know, I, it was just bad process on my part. Instead of you know, spec uh, holding on to that save speculation like I right. wanted to and going for – some other needs I had at the time, it just, um, or, you know, supposed needs in my brain. I thought I was, you know, getting upgrades and in reality, I wasn't having an upgrade. I mean, just even with those four saves, I would have like eight more points right now. (laughs) That would be huge. You know, it's just, I mean, I have five saves 
and I'm in the middle. You're you have two saves. You're at the bottom. But I mean, if you if you had five, you'd be right there with eight and a half points, and uh, right, you no know, no problem. So that that's what takes me back to the drops of Diekman, Ottavino, and Bass. I mean, you know, who's to say that those guys won't be uh, getting saved later in the season? You don't know. You have to make the best choice you can at the time. Uh, but um, I think. Uh, you can't always second guess yourself, Rob. You got to right. say, well, I thought this guy was going to be better and maybe it didn't work out this time. The dead fish gods are, are, are after <laughs> me. Um, I, you know what I want to ask? I wanted to ask you one question about sure. um, Fab um, in particular. Um, at, at what point, you know, I know everyone's chasing saves and everyone wants saves. So the, the money right. goes there. So that's a, you know, a targeted, stat but at what point do you say i want you know i need steals or you know like i need power is that into your brain yet or that's something for you yeah. that has to like you know have time to you know uh i don't know i guess work its way out of your team and then you start targeting i, I no i do think you have to keep it in mind even early i mean that you right. you look at your roster and you say let's say i have no no speed at all or what limited um, but I think the way to look at it also is to say, I want to spend my money in a targeted way. I don't want to just spend $70 on every speed related player. I want to um, say, let me, let me look for the opportunity. If, if it is one there that I really think is going to stick, then I go heavy. But, uh, and I go heavier for that than I do for power because power, maybe my team is pretty good. Um, so yeah, I do think it's wise to keep it in mind, look at your roster evaluated, but also evaluated not just based on the number of steals you have, but based on your roster. Like maybe you have a good speed or reasonable speed, but they just haven't gone gone and stolen bases yet. Right. Um, so, you know, I I, I, I do think you, you want to keep tabs on it, certainly. Do you, I don't know if you listened to my episode with said player, John Posma, um, but he brought up something really fascinating that I never heard before. Um, and I can't wait to get him on too, because he told me he wanted to come on during the season and talk about, you know, like in season stuff. So he's yeah. excited to get back on. Yeah. So, uh, I'm gonna have to get him back sooner than <laughs> sooner than later. But he mentioned to me that he does, um, you know, the 80th, you know, percentile that we we're talking about, right? Taking your stats and and right. from the previous season and shooting oh, yeah. that target, yeah. but he actually lays it out per week. So he divides the 80th percentile stat per week and knows what he needs per week to get to that 80th percentile and make sure, I guess, with a weekly you know look at his team if he's in a good range to do something like that. And I thought that was pretty fascinating because that was one of those things, you know, like I sit here with my scratch pad and I wrote it down and I remember like writing it down and really saying in my head, this, this is why his lifetime money in NPC is through the roof because <laughs> he's doing things like this that I've never thought of, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Um, again, you know, like you mentioned, you know, just some great players out there. And that's why, yeah, that's definitely why I'm involved in this because I want to get to that level. Um, right. And, you know, I think this is the best way to do that. And yeah, to be around the players like that, where you see the moves that they make and you're like, oh, 
Okay. All right. This is, this is, this is what I got to do, you know, but if you don't experience that, if you don't see it, you know, you, you, you know, you can't get there. So I feel like it's good to see it firsthand. Definitely. Those are some great players. And I do remember that episode. Yeah. um, Saying how he, how he tracks it. And fascinating. uh, All I can tell you is if I tracked uh, whether I was ahead of the 80th percentile in all my uh, leagues, that would be, (laughs) I would be a lot of uh, cases where they would be under 80%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No doubt about that. Todd, did you do the TGFBI this year? I did not. I did you did not. not do that? Okay. Okay, yeah, I didn't know. I struggled I didn't know with that because, uh, you know, I think if you're in the wrong league, there's people that don't play the thing fully out. Right. You know? And uh, I've heard that, those stories. So I do think it sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, maybe I'd consider it in the future, but uh, I just don't want to put my time into a league uh, when people aren't competing all the way. And that's the one great thing about NFBC is that, you know, people have put their heart and money in. So they're going to uh, play it pretty much uh, from A to Z. Right, right. Absolutely. So I like right. that aspect of it. You don't have any, you know, free Yahoo league guy that, after three weeks decides he's done, you know? Right. Uh, right. I think the one, the one thing that I, I do find it like the competitive part about it is like, Hmm. Should I listen to the pull hitter podcast? Oh yeah. Rob won the overall on TGFPI. Okay. Like he must uh, know what, uh, I don't know. I like that's the way Justin Mason explained it too. I don't get a great point was like, you're, 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 earning or your face is you know your work so basically people don't want to listen to you if you're because the historical standings are available too for tgfbi so if you see someone consistently coming last in a league you say ah you know i don't know it's just yeah it's it was an interesting thought but yeah you know i don't know i i haven't experienced anyone in my league yet um who's you know kind of not doing any move or inactive um huh. it's pretty competitive league so um okay. yeah but um anything else do you want to hit before we get out of here todd uh, i don't think so i cool. think uh, we, we yeah. covered it i think that, you know it's still a long way to go in the season for everybody not just the main event people but uh i think everybody if you stay active and if you keep churning away I think you can move up your respective standing. So um, if anybody wants to reach out to Rob or me, we're happy to try to answer any questions, uh, but um, right. let's get back together next week and see what fab brings next week. You never know. <laughs> Absolutely. Todd, tell everyone where to find you on Twitter and where to find your work again. Sure. It's uh, at Telestar seven on Twitter. And um, as we mentioned, I'm on S- at SB streamer, uh, SBStreamer.com, which is a free site. You can join the Discord channel, which is great for $15 a year. Uh, it's a great community of over 200 people, I think. Yep. Um, and uh, Michael Simeon and other people answering questions. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, look forward to talking to everybody there and just just following baseball. It's just fun to have a sort of community and we're sort of sharing whether you started Lucas Giolito on Monday or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. I think I always talk about how we're all sharing stuff and talking to each other and we're all competing to try to beat each other too. So it's very interesting game that we play here, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, If anyone's not part of the SP streamer um, fan club, uh, you know, 
jump in there. Like Todd mentioned, it's 15 bucks for the whole year. Um, you get to be part of the Discord. And we have a whole bunch of different channels in there in the Discord to talk about um, trades and prospects, uh, points leagues, roto leagues. We have a whole bunch of different channels and um, stuff to, you know, pick around with everyone. And like we mentioned last week, too, is so many of the members are, are truly smart, too. So and they're all over the news and they're all over. Right. So, um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a very own Twitter, the Discord. So. Um, get involved with that and uh, yeah Todd thanks for joining me once again sure. and yeah we'll see uh, we'll see each other next week when we do this again thanks Rob appreciate cool. it later Todd all folks thanks for tuning in to another episode of the pull hitter podcast um, check out the I will uh, I'm gonna keep going with the Thursday night um, pod quick hitting pod for your lineup for friday through sunday just again i don't know if, if anyone listened to it last week but it's basically just a 10 minute pod going through not so much player recommendations but things to be aware of for teams um who's you know losing a dh who's gaining a dh spot uh, lefties versus righties poor pitching matchups good pitching matchups stuff like that just to be aware of before you set your lineups for if you play in any leagues that you could set it for friday through sunday um and as well as probably going to help you in some daily week too. Um, just again, yeah, probably doing that every Thursday. And, um, you know, once the season gets uh, more underway, uh, definitely going to, you know, try to ramp up the the shows as well with um, guests who want to come on and talk about their teams. Right now, I think everyone's just settling into the season and we're waiting for sample sizes to, um, you know, to normalize, I guess, and um, all the the uh, the stabilization rates of, of metrics to be a little closer to what we can say might be real or not, even though we're we're still making judgments now, of course, because can't be too late or or too you know too early on something. You know, you gotta sometimes you gotta plant your flag and do what you gotta do. So um, again, as the season rolls on, definitely gonna bring on some guests. We'll talk about um, the leagues that we're playing in. Together, as well as their separate individual leagues and um, really going to try to get some guests on to talk about how they do in season movement as well so um, yeah with that being said everyone be well all right you know smarten up and don't be a bag of shit all right <laughs>